Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. everyone welcome to the nomad strength show we're doing a solo episode today a uh, little bit of a different episode today from the normal solo shows because of what we're talking about I actually put out a poll on instagram uh you know i'm doing a, i recorded a batch of these solo shows today and uh, was just looking for some content topic ideas that you guys were interested in and one of the ones that came across was talk about terminal list the the Amazon series related to the Jack Carr books. And if you've listened to the show, we've had Jack on twice to talk about uh, the, the novels that came out around each time he was on and talk about the show. And um, I thought that was a fantastic idea. So what we're going to do is this episode is going to be a spoiler free episode. So if you haven't watched any of the show or you haven't finished the show yet, I'm not going to spoil anything in this podcast episode for you. We're going to be just talking about the casting, um, you know, how they shot the show, some of the things like that, and, and then just kind of overall feelings on it. If you want the spoiler-filled review, that is going to be exclusive in the Patreon channel for the Nomad Strength Show. So patrons are going to get that episode in the Unplugged podcast today also. If you are looking for the spoiler-filled one where I'm diving in to a lot of the stuff that, you know, uh, I'm not going to cover in this episode, go check it out on the Patreon. I'm going to post the link in the show notes for that. There's total, uh, there's a bunch of different levels of support that you can uh, be a part of that gets you different levels of content and, and, uh, and all other things related to the show. Coming out with some merch soon uh, for the show as well. But if you want the spoiler one, then go check out the patreon so let's start with spoiler free terminal list review so as we're going through this i just want to talk about first uh the casting because i think um i think there was some really awesome choices that were that were made as far as the casting obviously the lead james reese 
uh, as with, with Chris Pratt as James Reese was killer. I think he ultimately was an amazing choice, and with him being so involved in the production of the podcast too, or I'm sorry, the podcast of the of the show as well, um, was he was totally the right choice. I will say it actually took me a couple of episodes. I want to say it might have been like all the way into the middle of episode three before I really settled in and was just seeing him as Reese. Uh, the first couple of episodes, just because I love Chris Pratt and, and all the things he's done, this is a totally different type of role uh, than anything he's really done. You know, I know he did Zero Dark Thirty. Um, that was a long time ago. That was before he was like the, you know, one of the biggest movie stars on the planet like he is right now. Um, but I still have, you know, he, I still think of him as, as Andy Dwyer and, and obviously uh, Peter Quill from Guardians of the Galaxy. Like he's just always got that good action star, but he's also just really funny. I mean, like he's a comedic actor and where this is not a role where there's any really comedic points. Um, I was curious to see how it went. And I think he actually did a really good job, but it did take me a couple episodes uh, to get settled in to him as, as Reese. Cause I was just seeing Peter Quill for a little bit. And then you realize you look at him in a couple of these shots and it probably took me until I noticed, but he actually, you know, he bulked up a bit for this role and uh was looking pretty thick and he's a big dude already i think he's over six feet tall he's probably six one or six two or something like that but uh he's he was looking big and that's you know kind of puts the presence of james reese that you get if you've read the novels um you get that presence when when you see him on screen but it, it did take me a couple episodes but ultimately i think he did great and uh i'm really hoping that they get a renewed for a second season um because I just love the books, obviously, and the second novel is, until this most recent one, and I told Jack this the most recent time we had him on the podcast, but until this most recent novel, the second book, True Believer, was my favorite of the series, and so I'm really excited to see if they're able to get that picked up for a second season of the show, and that's how they end up following it, if it's season by book in the series. Um, so Chris Pratt, I think, nailed it. Um, Taylor Kitsch, I think, was awesome as Ben. And uh, just the the best friend thing, he was at the point in the show, you know, he's out of the teams, he's working for the CIA, he is, you know, he's laid back, he's got the long hair and the beard, he, he really is exactly what, the, the as far as the look, exactly how I was picturing Ben reading the novels, and, or reading the, the, the first novel, and um, I think it was a really cool thing, I think Taylor Kitsch did a great job in the dynamic between the two of them. Um, there were a couple of uh, of changes in the book as far as from the book as far as Taylor's character development, which I thought were interesting. I'm not going to do a ton of the um, the book to to show adaptations in here because that will eventually lead to a couple of spoilers, I think. So that's going to be I'm going to save those conversations for for the spoiler episode in the Patreon channel. But um, ultimately, I think Ben was a was a great choice. Or, or sorry, I think Taylor Kitsch was a great choice for Ben, and uh, I I really enjoyed his his adaptation that they brought to the show. The other one that I really enjoyed, and this is the one that I think there was a little bit of not maybe not hesitation or maybe not pushback, but hesitation, um, was uh, Constance Wu as Katie in the show, uh, just because it uh, you know. She is, from a visual standpoint, a very stark different look than how Katie is described 
in the novel. And, you know, there's always going to be changes when you take something from novel to TV show or novel to movie adaptation or whatever. But I think she killed it. I, I loved her uh, her adaptation and her portrayal as Katie in in the show. I think she did a great job. And it's, you know, the looks part of it, it really, I think, didn't have much to do with her portrayal at all outside of that was just what some people were expecting Katie to look like when the series came out. But I think she did an amazing job. Um, uh, Lorraine Hartley in the show. And I, I had the, the IMDB up here. The actress that played Lorraine Hartley, I think, you know, I, I, and I can't remember if I actually thought this while reading it, but the type of actress that I was anticipating to play Lorraine Hartley was pretty much exactly who they got. And Jeanne Triplehorn, or Jean, Jeanne, I'm actually not sure how to say her first name, Triplehorn. Yes. Uh, I think she was, was the perfect, like, that's who I pictured when I was reading the novels and there was Lorraine Hartley in the novels. I think she was... Uh, a very good adaptation. There was um, a handful of changes from her character to the show, which again, I'll probably go a little bit more in depth with her character in, in the spoilered episode, just because that was one of the ones I noticed there was some, there was some decent changes um, or a decent amount of changes from the novel to the show with her character development, her character arc, which I thought was really interesting. And, um, but I think she was a perfect choice to play that role, regardless of the changes uh, that they made from the actual story arc from the book to the show. Um, I think it was really cool in the opening scenes and then in the, in the flashbacks to that opening scene with the actual uh, SEAL team that James Reese goes in with, uh, that a lot of those guys, a, uh, a few of them were actual SEALs and guys that even that Jack had uh, had served with and were on maybe a couple of his teams. I know one of the ones who uh, was in there and actually had a, a little bit of a role uh, it was Jared Shaw who played Boozer, and he was. Uh, if you if you've listened to any of the stuff with Jack talking about how the show came to be, or, uh, Jared Shaw actually had a lot to do with that because he was already friends with uh, Pratt, and so he gave Chris the novel of Jack's pretty early on, and that was he was kind of the one who instigated a lot of what eventually ended up becoming them making this a television series, which was pretty cool. But uh, a lot of those guys had. Um, some actual SEAL team experience, which was really cool because in the in the build up to the show and all the marketing and everything, they were talking about how they really wanted to make this show for um, the special operators and you know special forces communities and to show respect for what they do and show gratitude for what they do. And I think they did a really good job of that. And this is coming from someone who has you know I have no military experience. I did not serve so the portrayals of the things that they were doing as a team and the way that they were uh, handling weapons, the way that they were moving as a team and, and all the things subsequently throughout the rest of the series from an outsider's perspective, you know, I have a, a, a little bit of an understanding of that. I thought they did a great job. And just knowing that Jack was actually pretty involved in uh, a lot of the production of this and having the other seal team guys there or in the show, you know, that's, that's a pretty good indication that things are going to be portrayed in the correct way. And I know that that was really important for Jack and uh, to, to have those things portrayed in the proper way to represent, you know, what those guys do and how they do it, the type of gear that they use. And that's kind of the other thing that I wanted to get into 
because if you read the novels, it's very apparent that Jack is a, a pretty big gearhead, and there's all sorts of gear uh, lingo and vernacular in the novels, and he gets very specific. Like, I mean, talking about all of the I mean, he paints such a good picture because you can see all of the exact things that he's talking about as it relates to gear, from the shirts to his packs to this coffee to uh, to his weapons to holsters to knives, like all of the things he goes really in depth with. And they did a great job of that in the show because if you know that you're looking for that stuff, you see all of those things in the show that you had read in the novels, which was cool. Like you see Pratt carrying an Eberly stock pack. You see him wearing Sitka gear. You see him in his garage on the thing and there's black rifle coffee. Like, I mean, it's all of the things that you know that you're looking for because in the book, there's, there's so many in-depth references to, to a lot of the gear. And that was really cool because I'm a bit of a gearhead too, not near to the level of those guys and, and Jack and even a couple of my friends that are really into that stuff. But I appreciate like having good gear and, and utilizing high quality things. And it was cool to see companies that like I know being shown in this, you know, huge production of a series. And, and that was really cool. So I was really pumped that they did that well, because that was something I really, that's like a really, probably a really important part of the novels are, are James Reese's affinity for gear and it was really cool to see that represented really well in in the series. And as far as, you know, the production of the series itself, one of the things that I, I was listening to Pratt talk about, they wanted it to be filmed like a movie rather than filmed like a series. So really it's like, you know, it's one big, you know, almost 10-hour movie rather than, a, you know, a television series. It was shot like a film rather than shot like a television series. And that's a really cool way to do it because you have this kind of creative freedom uh, with these streaming platforms now where you can tell a story like The Terminal List, which is a novel, which probably, you know, if this was 10 years ago, would have just been, been become a movie instead, you know, a two-hour, 15-minute, two-hour, 20-minute movie. And you're going to miss a ton in that amount of time. But having these streaming platforms, you actually have a way better opportunity to tell the story and get really into the characters and get into all of the things that are involved in the story arc of the novel and still do it in like a really big production style film like way, which is which is kind of crazy that that's where we are with these streaming platforms just because of the money that they're putting behind these projects. And then, you know, with Amazon, you know, shelling out dollars, you know, left and right to do this kind of stuff. And all these, you know, Apple, Netflix, Hulu, all these streaming platforms are doing a lot of this same stuff. But it's just really cool that the the, the storytelling aspect of this is kind of in this new era where you have the ability to do things that were not the case, you know, even maybe even five years ago that uh, that were just weren't possible in this way. And it's really cool that they were able to do that because I think it was done really well from a production standpoint to where uh, it was very, it, it was an action movie, but it was eight action movies, you know, because it's eight episode series. And so it was really cool. It was really well done. I love they did some, uh, you know, in the series and in the novels, there's a lot of, and it's, and, it, and I'm going to back up, in the novels, there's a lot of self-talk that James has to himself while he's going through things. And uh, they actually did a really cool job of, of portraying a lot of his inner thoughts because they would show up as flashbacks. And they would like, 
they did this really cool thing where it would weave a flashback into like a a current memory of his and kind of bleed it together and you know a lot of that has to do with uh with the story arc and his memories and and that kind of stuff and uh but i thought it was really really well done because that was one of the things like his self-talk and his you know his visions and and memories that they highlight in the novels i was curious how they were going to do that in the show and they actually did i think a really great job of that so um it was eight episodes there were you know there were a handful of changes that were um a, a couple that were significant a couple that you know were maybe just easier for visual purposes rather than in the novel um, a couple of them I, I didn't mind at all. A couple of them I wish would have been done a little bit differently. But overall, it was a great series. Like I had a great time watching it, and I really hope it gets picked up for season two because that series is it's one of my favorite novel series uh, ever, especially in you know in modern modern times. You know, if you're going back like you know twentieth century stuff, you know, Lord of the Rings is going to be up there, obviously. But we're not going to get into that. But in recent years, this is definitely one of my favorite. Um, novel series so I'm really excited that that it went well it, it's getting great reception that was one of the things I loved was like it's got like a 96 or something like that percent of Rotten Tomatoes on the audience score and then the critic score is like in the 30 something which was totally not surprising and uh, Jack went on Tucker Carlson and just like let those critics have it because they were totally expecting it because of the nature of what it is like you're going to expect a lot of you know liberal media left-wing media to not really enjoy a patriot patriotic show where you know a a real american patriot type character goes on a revenge streak and starts taking out a bunch of people right like you, there's going to be a lot of people that don't like that and that was obvious and they were ready for it and i think they did a, a great job of handling that because he had come out and said you know we made this for the people that love the books we made this for people that love uh love the military love special forces love uh love chris pratt and we would even make this for the critics we were totally expecting that and so i think they did a really great job of handling that and uh i couldn't have been more happy that that was kind of the reception that it got because that really just shows me that there's a lot of out of touch people that are you know quote unquote in charge of of um reacting to things and critiquing things and writing about things and they're pretty out of touch and that becomes more and more evident every day, especially when something like this comes out. So I was really pumped that it did well. I hope it gets picked up for a second season so they can get filming right away and crank that sucker out next week or next year. And and we can keep going with this series and go as long as it goes, as long as Jack's writing books, they've got enough content to keep pumping out seasons. So, uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I will give it an a minus. Um, and the minus is just because of some of the, uh, some of the changes from the novel that I just wish wouldn't have happened, but overall the show was great. I really enjoyed it, and I understand why they had to do the changes, I guess, but you know, uh, when you're making a series like this, you don't really know if you're going to get a second season, so there's going to be things that you got to like wrap up sooner than you would. You can't leave loose ends. Assume, you know, If you assume you may not get a second season, you got to get stuff closed down and, and close all those loops in case there's no second season. You don't want to leave people hanging, right? So they did a really great job with it, and uh, I'm looking forward to the second season. Hopefully, we can get Jack back on in uh, in the future, and when next time next year when the no next novel comes out, uh, and maybe he's got some news for us on a second season. So that's going to be the spoiler-free review of the Terminal List today. Again, if you want the spoiler version 
going to be released in the Patreon channel here shortly. And uh, go check it out. Become a patron. You get some bonus content, some merch that's going to come out soon, and some other stuff. So thank you, guys. I appreciate you all, and I will talk to you.